Helix mattresses have been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Everybody is unique, and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You can take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10-15 to year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash drink. That's helixsleep.com slash drink. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on and so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners, can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash drink. That's rosettastone.com slash drink. Hello. Hi, Christine. Looking Fresh. in your little... Oh, I was going to say, looking in your little trashy headband. Thank I love you. Yeah. Uh, I wore it just for you today. I was getting ready and I thought, oh, I'll add a little accessory for empathy. <laughs> a little trashiness. A little I... trash. Wink. Oh, oh well, I like it. You look very... Uh, trashy. I don't, I don't remember what the right words are. Garbage. Boho chic or some, something oh. <laughs> like that. You look Rustic, very nice. Magnolia. <laughs> Joanna Gaines. <laughs> you look very JG. So Thanks. Um, how are you doing today? How was the baby s- that will never escape your body? Pregnant. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm so tired of this. It's funny because I feel like I'm being... Uh, people who have been pregnant are probably rolling their eyes because I'm like, I'm only 39 weeks. It's not like I'm... You it's know, like you're 55. Yeah. yeah. I feel like a lot of people go well past their due date and that I can imagine would be like serious cause for complaint. And it will be if I get past my due date, you will be hearing from me unsurprisingly. Um, but I do feel like 39 weeks, I'm kind of like, all right, let's get the show on the road, man. Um, if we have to, if I have to personally in my life have this drag out, everyone else does, I think. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If M has to suffer everyone has to suffer that's how i pretty much live my life and do the things i do yeah so uh and also at this point that baby better stay in there knock on wood because next week is halloween and there should be a halloween maybe water breakage on the show oh. that'd be really convenient. well next week Very is we're spooky. Re- to clarify we're recording our halloween episode next week as uh, you're hearing uh, this uh, uh, or as yeah. we're recording it's still september we're not like Time-wise, we're several weeks ahead. But yes, we're recording our Halloween episode in a few days, and it would be it would be nice if I could be involved in that. Well, when <laughs> so well, also like when this episode comes out, it will be Halloween though, or when the next episode right. comes out. But so, like by then, I won't be pregnant anymore. 
So I don't think. Right. But they should at least hear during a spooky episode that oh, something really spooky happens to yes, you. Yes, this is terrifying. And yes. also me via trauma. So it is like a horror to watch show. It. You're yes, right. You get it. Finally. Yeah, I get it. Finally. It took me a minute. Sorry. I have pregnancy brain. Um, Christine, I, by yes. the way, wanted to say I have a very delicious smoothie today. It's really Oh my gosh. My I know world. you ordered another smoothie. I'm like, what's going on? What did you, you get? Know, You're in a kick I... lately. Since I saw you, I, we had like three smoothies. We kept together. ordering smoothies. I don't know why. I'm so not usually odd. like a smoothie. I, I don't do that. I usually. never order smoothies. And then maybe with Eva you... did it. Let's blame Eva. Okay, she was. Oh, here. it was because I had a nap. Remember, and I it was something about I woke yeah. up for a smoothie. You kept asking such for a good your smoothie, nap, and then way, going everyone. back to bed. <laughs> I that was one of the best naps ever. If I think I already mentioned it on a couple episodes mm-hmm. ago, but if any you of mentioned you mentioned it when you woke Christine's up nook, from said nap. Anyway, that smoothie was good. This smoothie's good. This one is like a banana peanut butter situation. That's what I got when I went to the hospital that one time. Put some protein mm. in there. Then mm. I went home. <laughs> so it was worthless. But So it didn't work. Got it. Tasted good. Um, yesterday, my mother-in-law called me and said, you should eat lobster. That gets the baby out. And I was like, I don't need an excuse to eat lobster. So I was like, please <laughs> order me some lobster. So we ate some lobster and I drank some of my little tea and I ate six dates and I'm still pregnant. That's so didn't freaking work. We really got to get you to eat something spicy. That, I think that would. We did. We did buffalo wings. Remember? No, we got to find something worse than that. We got to on brand see, for the... Halloween. We eat ghost peppers. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Here's the problem. And not to be that guy, but. I already have a pretty bad chronic stomach illness, so I try to be pretty careful with my spicy food consumption. So I feel like it's a dangerous game to play. I feel like, hmm. I feel like like that should, I feel like I should empathize more, but really, I I I just want to see you eat something spicy. Yeah, I know you do. I know you just want to watch me suffer, but you're doing (laughs) that already. And I don't know why this isn't enough for you, but I do feel like I don't want to get sent to the hospital for the wrong reason. Like if but I'm maybe while hospital, you're there for the if you're there for the wrong reasons, maybe they'll just like you know do a little two for one situation and hook you up for? with the right reason. Yeah, you know, yeah. as I'm a doctor, by the way, as how it works in your mind. Yeah, yeah, you get it. Um, uh, why do you drink besides me just torturing you left and right about hurting your own body? Listen, I drink. This is a full circle. I drink because I can't drink, and it's right about now. I will tell you, the day you left, it dropped to 65 degrees. It's beautiful out. It's like fall perfect fall weather i'm not kidding it's gorgeous and i was like wow it's hot it's fall it's halloween season all i want to do is get like a cider and sit outside and i i can't move barely i can't walk i can't drink i just want to enjoy halloween season so i'm very excited for uh for you know being able to have a glass of wine on my balcony in the fall weather um it's a very it's a very lame reason to drink but I just well, miss drinking a little bit. I drink because apparently the second I left, the aesthetic really ramped up. It was up. like it's, 105 when you were here, and all of a sudden it's like 65. It's really... It's a good old-fashioned middle finger from God himself to me, That's exactly I guess. right. So... Yeah. That's a real bummer. Um, why do you, why do you drink? Is that's there why? Because I was yeah, like, okay. oh well, while I was with you, it could have been like spooky season, but Just instead beautiful. we were sweating our little tushies off. At we that were. We game. tried. We went and bought Halloween decorations. Like we really leaned into it, but it just the weather didn't cooperate. So, well, sorry about that. It's fine, I guess. It's just I, <laughs> I feel like I was the evil energy then because the second I leave, everything feels more peaceful. It's very odd. Um, oh yeah, suddenly the world is right again. You know. <laughs> well, speaking of the world not being too right, let's tell a story about that. Oh, by the way, here's another reason I drink. 
Do tell. It's a very it's a personal thing, but you've also discussed it enough times it's always on the a show. Personal thing. I smell so bad right now. Why? Because my I planned on waking up earlier to shower before we recorded, and now I'm doing it after we record, and I'm very stinky. And no, every I time never I like shower. Don't worry every about time it. I like no, it's like because I so I I'm wearing the shirt I wore it yesterday also, and usually that's like. Like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm still basically quarantined because I, like, when I'm home, I never leave my house when I'm in California. So it's basically just a pajama shirt, but Mm -hmm. I forgot to put deodorant on, so my armpits are gross. I don't like that feeling when you're um, kind of like, you just feel, even if it's just you, yeah. Every time I lift my arm to drink the smoothie, I I get a whiff of myself and I'm so grossed out. So (laughs) anyway. uh, As usual, we're going to talk about smell-o-vision, but for once, I'm glad it doesn't exist. Uh, So You know, if other people were here, I would be really, really embarrassed. Uh, So I'm going to take a shower immediately after we record. I I told Em this, and I feel like this is just a really random fun fact about my pregnancy that probably nobody cares about. But one thing I have noticed, because I haven't had many, like, positive things like I mean it's been fine but like I haven't had many you know people say like oh my god my hair has grown so much like all that I haven't really noticed that the one thing I have noticed is that because my skin is so much drier my hair gets much less oily so I have to wash it so much less than usual and I used to have to wash my hair like at least like every day if I was seeing people or every other day now I can go like three or four days without washing my hair and it is a game change. I, I, it'll probably stop once I am not pregnant anymore, but this is like the one bonus I feel like I've gained from <laughs> my time being pregnant is like... That's very nice. Your hair then, never looked bad when I was with you, too. Looks thank good. you. Well, I wash it so often, usually, like before I was pregnant. But the thing, too, is like now, I'm, if I'm not washing my hair for several days, I have to be very cognizant of like, oh, I'm also... I need to be cognizant that that means I'm not automatically showering every single day. <laughs> so anyway, I feel you with the constant like. Um, no, it's like it's like, you know, it's like it's it's the smell of body odor. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, smell yeah, yeah. real gross right now. It's some native in there. I'm wearing my coconut vanilla again today in honor. I'm of like, af- here's the thing. It's like it's so bad. I'm afraid to put deodorant on instead of just shower because then I feel like I'm going to stick covering deodorant it up. And stick. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So I really just am going to tell this story and then go hop out a shower and then I'm going to okay, look. Well, by let the me way, tell my sh- story first, please, because I feel no. like I'm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. Af- afterwards, though, I will tell you the good thing is I'm gonna smell so nice. I'm gonna smell very lovely, and then I'm gonna make we everyone can turn smell the smell of vision so back on. You get it. By now, you've probably heard about Burrow, a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs, durable materials, and details that make life in your space easier. Last year, they brought their expertise outside with the launch of their outdoor line, which I love, and now they're adding more must-have pieces to the collection. For example, Dunes offers seating, dining, and lounger options, while Scout is a new folding chair upholstered in a chic woven fabric. And I think I'm going to get two of those for the balcony. Blaze and I love to sit out there in the evenings after Leona goes to bed. And I love the idea of having a good-looking but also extremely useful and comfy place to sit outside. Made of durable materials made for all seasons, weather-resistant teak, stainless alloy, and quick-dry stain-resistant cushions with easy assembly and disassembly this is the perfect thing for your outdoor space they also just launched a new standing desk co-pilot with adjustable height a durable scratch resistant body with built-in storage to make working at home easier than ever i'm in the market for a new desk um, so this is definitely going to be my next bookmark and of course there's burrow's legacy seating collections like the nomad and range now available in new colors and m and i that's like the only piece of furniture i think we actually share is our burrow sofa in the podcast department love that thing and that's why we drink listeners 
listeners can get 15% off their first order at burrow.com slash drink. That's burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash drink for 15% off. Burrow.com slash drink. You know when you've got the holidays, the new year, and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind? Especially if you run a small business, it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things. But Stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you. Stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies. For 25 years now, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses. Whether they're mailing out checks, invoices, legal documents, books, podcast branded koozies, maybe that's just us, or anything else. Get access to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, how could you go wrong? We have loved Stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have Stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code DRINK. Okay, here's your spooky story. And Christine, I gotta say, this one's a diamond in the rough, because uh, we don't get a lot of these anymore. Um, Last week was a poltergeist one, which I thought was gonna be like, the height of me finding yeah. something like super spooky. I feel like I always find like one spooky one and then like a couple weeks go by before I find another like super, yeah, yeah, super yeah. spooky one. But this one is apparently like very famous. Have not heard of it before. I've heard of it before and it was kind of on the back burner. Um, anyway, I'm covering it now. It's considered the Amityville Horror of Wales. Ooh, okay. I'm excited. So this, sweet Christine, is the story of (laughs) (laughs) sweet, nice-smelling, trashy headband Christine. (laughs) This is the story of uh, the Hellfire Farm Haunting, which is also known as Hale Fonig, because that was the original name of the farm. It's also in Welsh, and I don't know how to pronounce it right, so I hope I'm doing it okay. Sounds spooky. I don't know where the emphasis is, so it could be Hale Fonig. Fanog, or it could be Hail Fanog. I don't know. So, uh, anyway. Hellfire sounds scary. And then it got renamed to Hellfire. I like that. That's scary. I, I, you know, a place is spooky with a bad history when they rename it something worse. After the devil's home. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. That smoothie really is hitting the spot. Okay. Um, okay, so the year is 1989. We don't know it fondly. Eva does. Um, <laughs> wow. Way to call out. <laughs> okay, Eva was like a preschooler. Eva it's was fine. like a baby, yeah. We were, we were quick to show up. Let's call I this... I almost uh, there. Let's call this one of the last peaceful times in Eva's life. Let's, oh, let's... that's right. That's before Eva, like, something turned and Eva was like, the air is different. And then Eva, like, went to kindergarten as a uh, chill went down her spine. It was because yeah. of us. Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, 1989, we're in Wales, and the family is called the Rich Family. So it's Bill Rich and his wife Liz, and then his son Lawrence from a previous marriage. And he's like a moody teenager. Uh So 
Uh, Same. The three of, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> the three of them all move to an area called, in in uh, in an American dialect, Brecon Beacons. Okay. I don't know if it's if Brecon is pronounced differently, um, but moved to Brecon Beacons, and it was on a farm, and the farm was called Hale Fanog, uh-huh. I assume, which later became Hellfire Farm. So when they first moved there. Um, their first year there was pretty right out of a storybook where this is a quote from Bill that first summer, everything went right. My work took off. Uh, I was featured in all the magazines. I couldn't stop selling stuff. He was an, uh, an artist by the way. Mm. Um, I was featured in all the magazines. I couldn't stop selling stuff. Liz got pregnant and we thought everything was wonderful. Like, like right at the beginning of any good old scary movie, but they, did recognize that the first time they moved in, although everything seemed peachy keen, they both knew something very intense was in the energy there. Uh-oh. Um, they later said that they had they felt like they had entered a force field. Oh, okay. yikes! <laughs> so they end up having two kids. Uh, at first, they have a baby named Ben, and then later, they have a baby named Rebecca. And when Liz is, has her first baby, Ben. Um, that's when the problems really begin. So they start hearing heavy footsteps in the middle of the night, um, especially when Liz is nursing. So it's oh, like no. completely empty. By the way, get ready. Christine. I know. I was like, I don't love that. The connotation of that. No, for my future. So Bill, again, this is a quote from him uh, about the footsteps. He says, I remember it so well. They were big footsteps, like a man in hobnailed boots stamping on the floorboards. Mm. I went upstairs and Liz was feeding the baby, but no one else was in the house. So if you ever hear a man with crazy boots storming around, don't worry. You're going to FaceTime me and be like, what is the sound? And I'll be like, my boob is out, but I have to talk to you. (laughs) Christine, I have a hunch. uh, Your boob is not going to be the thing that scares me. The horror show. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) I'll be like, like, get out of your fucking house. What is going on? Take your boobs with you. Yeah. So the family also started hearing banging. They started hearing doors slamming. Apparently, Liz started hearing snoring. That was so loud that even she couldn't sleep. Um, And they were starting to smell what was a combination of incense and something sulfuric all throughout the house, um, which feels demonic. Usually, It's a very strong smell, too. Yeah, and any anytime you smell sulfur in a haunted house, they say it could be demonic. Yeah, and I feel um, like sulfur you can smell like sometimes water has that kind of like if your water isn't yeah. has a lot of like um, buildup in it, you can smell that sulfuric smell. But that plus incense is like a very intense. It well, scent. It also to me that makes it sound like it's like sweet in a way, which is how they describe death. Creepy. Ew. Creepy. Creepy. They also started smelling something really rotten in the kitchen sink. So that's interesting. Well, that happens sometimes. That, I smell that also. Disposal, but um, <laughs> anyway, they, they, maybe they were throwing that in there like, oh, yeah, that's also pretty demonic. Also, at least while we're here, stench. can someone fix? Can the priest please clean out our sink? <laughs> Thanks. So oh, what was the funniest thing you said a while no, ago? No, don't start with this again. Okay. <laughs> it was literally me quoting Linkin Park. And for some reason... It tickled just... me, tickled me pink. I don't know what was going on, but Christine said it, and I just 
could not keep it together. I was like beside myself because I was like, I don't know why we're laughing so much. <laughs> I don't remember why just... you quoted Lincoln Park, but I remember you saying it and I I <laughs> I went into a tizzy. I couldn't you, keep you, it together. <laughs> I thought you might lose consciousness there. You weren't breathing for a while. It was startling. It was one of those laughs where like your stomach feels like it's gonna rip off of the rest of you. It was like like if you know how you're like my abs, my abs, but you have no abs, but you can feel them all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. That's what it felt like. Um, okay, oh, so uh, so Bill, the artist. So in his art studio that he created when they moved in, he also started noticing around the same time as the smells and the footsteps that items and tools from his art studio kept moving on their own. I don't and like the- that. From the corner of his eye, he would see paintbrushes flying across the room. Oh, he could see it. Oh, no. Apparently, things would also go missing, and eventually the family started seeing shadows and believing that they had a bout of bad luck. It's like, you should have believed that the second your paintbrushes were flying everywhere. Like, that's the bout of... <laughs> it's you not have, good luck, at you the very least. You have bad luck already that yeah. there's a demon, but I'm glad you <laughs> sensed it eventually. <laughs> Um, one of the ways that they thought they had bad luck was the family all of a sudden started getting, um, their first electric bills in the mail, um, for the house cause they had quarterly bills and right. when they were coming in, they were insanely expensive, <gasps> like, uh, unnaturally. So where if I think they said in one article that like, if they had turned everything on and had it running for 24 hours, it'd still be a fraction of. Wow. Okay. So That's the weird. first the first bill that came in was 750 quid which um by the way in today's world for those who use quid it's 1590 quid or $2200 today. Okay. So your the power bill was $2200. Right. Uh and they were like that no, that does not make sense. <laughs> and so uh, they called a power company, the power company couldn't do anything about it because they said that the meters were accurate and they were they were going off of readings from that Listen, location. Part alone. of me is like these people are like, oh, there's something in the dis- the disposal's broken and our electric bill's too high. <laughs> and it's like it's not a ghost. You're just like not managing your <laughs> your power like, very well. Like the the people at this power company were texting the plungers next door or the plumbers next <laughs> the door. Plungers. Being, <laughs> the plumbers next door being like, what is going on over at this house? They are trying to like totally rip us off. Uh-huh. So uh, they said, like, no, we're looking at the meters. Like, this isn't coming from any other location. This is all your energy reading. But the family was like, we don't even really use a lot of power. Like, what the fuck is going on? And it was like the 80s, right? Oh, yeah, you said said the the inflation. Yeah. Yeah. But so that's like what, like, I'm guessing it's like, it's like in today's world, it's like $750 power bills per month here. And so like, I thought it was 2000 some. It's that's af- that's every three months. Oh, so that's if you, not that high. So if you divide it up, it was like seven hundred fifty a month in power. Oh, that's like what my that's like not that. High. I mean, if you have a house, if you have a house, yeah. I don't know. I mine's not that, but for them, it was apparently way too much. All right, all right, fine. I'll give it to them. And so for uh, like it, yeah, it was every quarter. And so they called the power company. They couldn't do anything. And the power company's name was Swalek. 
And they said that they were only uh, they were only charging for the meters. And at one point, a Swalik employee even came out and Bill showed them like nothing was turned on, but the meters were spinning anyway. Oh, OK. That's weird. And uh, fun fact, they end up opening up some like a local lawsuit against Swalik and the person defending Bill's family. They were like, we never mentioned that it could have been spiritual stuff causing this, but we did tell them like, if they can't come up with a logical reason for why no power is on and yet their meters are running, why should they charge us? And I think they ended up backing down and they stopped asking for payment. Fun fact. Okay. Um, okay. <clears throat> That's good. So, uh, in the barn during all of the, you know, other XYZ paranormal symptoms in the barn on the, on the farm, uh, people started feeling complete total dread. Like something evil was watching. I don't like that when it controls your emotions like that. I don't like that. That scares well, me. So Liz, uh, was quoted saying, if you feel something watching you all the time, you have to assume it's next step is to do something to you. Ooh. And that's what they, they basically lived in Do constant fear. Do I have fear. to assume that? I guess so. I, she did. And I <laughs> I guess that, imagine walking on those eggshells that was like, I know I'm being stared at. And so Eek. Uh, Liz later also started seeing blue and white lasers, like at what? least lights so bright they might as well have been laser beams in the barn, which is very interesting. That is very weird. Also near the barn, animals start acting really weird and being really aggressive including their pet pig, who mm. they named Lucinda Ragwort Rigland. <laughs> that is the most important fact you've said so far. <laughs> Thank you. L- Lucinda Ragwort Rigland. Um, oh, names. I love her. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, so she started getting super aggressive. Uh, some of the goats got really aggressive. Apparently new animals on the farm were all being weirdly born, either blind or stillborn. Or oh some my of God, them. What? Some of the neighbor, uh, the neighbor's goats had some sort of like physical impairment um, <gasps> when it, when they were born. Um, other animals on the farm just out of nowhere started dropping dead near the barn. That's so sad. And like I said, some of them, their behavior was completely changing. So I mean, I imagine you kind of know your animals after a while, and yeah. they were all of a sudden getting really violent. Some of the I said some of the goats were acting aggressive. One of them apparently even trampled its own like babies to death. It was like really bad, like really <gasps> rough, really rough. Jesus Christ. Um, so the animals are freaking the fuck out. The family is also now seeing full blown, not just shadow figures, but apparitions around the house. Oh. Um, one of them was a man with a head injury where <gasps> apparently he looked like he was fresh out of a car accident because he was covered in blood and half of his face was missing. That's like some sixth sense bullshit. That's yeah, exactly. Another one was a spirit that was quote seven feet tall, dressed in all black, with the head of a bird. Oh, 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 oh! Like that just, sounds like when my that sister one, that one apparently just like plague mask on in my. It backyard. looks like the plague mask, kind of. Yeah, she literally well, wanders around like that. I mean, she's not seven feet tall, but it is really scary to see. <laughs> it um, apparently that one just like waltzed into their kitchen one day. Ugh. It creeps me out somehow even more when it so casually moves about. Like, it's not even trying to be creepy. It's, it's like, not oh, like just... in the corner. It's just like, I'm yeah. making a sandwich. Excuse just me. Uh, also, there was a succubus, apparently. There was a woman that, a uh, spirit of a woman <gasps> who was trying to seduce Bill. And at one point, also in the kitchen, by the way, he was 
that's I think that's why they started using like the oh the sink smells rotten and demonic because we're seeing all these spirits in the kitchen. I don't know. I think they probably tried to combine both parts yeah. of their experiences. But also in the kitchen there was the bird monster guy and Bill had this spirit of a woman trying to seduce him and put him under a trance. But luckily, Bill, quote, snapped his attention back to his salad. So uh, <laughs> he's like, this is more enticing. Can you imagine a salad being so good I that a so supernatural offended. trance can't even hold your I would be so fucking offended if I were the person trying to get the attention and someone was like, this salad, though. I'd be like, salad? It's not even a hamburger? Give Blaze the best salad you've ever made and then try to seduce him and tell me what he does. I don't think I've ever made a salad, Em. I mean, maybe... Maybe it'd be life-changing. You don't know. I don't know. Maybe the salad... <laughs> like, what, what? what's your dream salad? If Like, what's the salad that would take you away from being seduced by, like, Like, Zach macaroni Bacon's? salad. Like, I don't want a salad. Like, potato oh. salad. Don't give me a salad. Oh, interesting. I love a good salad. I'm not a salad person, man. Hmm. You 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 know you fucking like that trout garbage salad. Yeah that yeah you yeah ate. yeah yeah. Like I'll eat like a trout salad. If Blaze or... showed, I don't know what your thing is with Blaze, but if he like had like I don't, I don't know if he showed like a, his six pack. I, I yeah, yeah 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 yeah. And yeah, you were eating sure. a trout horseradish salad. I think you'd say <laughs> Blaze, hold the fuck on. I I'm think busy. both of us would end up in hell for just that for that <laughs> very scene. We wouldn't. I don't think we'd be allowed to be like good people anymore. <laughs> I just, okay, nothing so, good would come of that. Also, real quick, I just, I asked Blaze what our bill is. It's not $700. It's like f- 400 or something. Like, it's high in the wintertime. But it's so not. wild. It's, I didn't I mean, want everyone to be like, what the fuck is Christine doing with a $700 electric bill? Um, honestly, I think you're the person that everyone would shrug off if you were doing that. They'd be like, you've got some weird time machine in your, your fucking closet. I've probably, like, plugged my cricket m- machine in too long and, like, it's just run up the electric bill. Yeah. It's either something really advanced or really unadvanced. Of, or like, really um, stupid. <laughs> it's like, it's like I have a Tesla coil for my cricket machine or something. <laughs> I don't know. So I can make more vinyl, yeah, like, <laughs> gifts for M. <laughs> Uh, it's uh, you got a like a self-heated kitchen that can make you trout salad all day or something i mean now i mean see we even have like when we moved in they had this like really tacky little like wine fridge it's like two feet tall like it's not anything fancy but it's stuck in the kitchen and like i immediately unplugged it because i was like i drink wine too fast to have this running constantly like it just felt really wasteful i'm like just put the wine in the fridge you know what i mean honestly the thing that is i'm going to spend the most like electric bill money on one day is i've already cleared it with allison but in the basement at some point um one wall has to be completely a grid of lava lamps so shit um, that's gonna be you call (laughs) me then and tell me your electric bill okay yeah that one's gonna be a doozy so i'm pretty careful with mine and it still ends up being high with the with the heating and in the winter time that's the other thing like i feel like in la my bill was never that high because we didn't have weather like we didn't have to turn right well you never needed the heater <laughs> yeah exactly anyway sorry that's but so anyway, irrelevant but no you're good i'll i'll let you know what my number is once i hit that lava lamp wall um, i can't wait to compare my cricket tesla coil and your lava lamp wall it's gonna be wild <laughs> it'll be crazy so um this where were we oh yes i don't Bill's know i'm so trout sorry. salad and he's being seduced <laughs> um so uh at this point, uh, the, not only is he seeing apparitions that are seducing him and also having bird heads. It'd be interesting if the bird head one was the one seducing That's him. That's pretty sexy. I could see why he then chose the salad. I would agree. 
Um, Liz is also seeing apparitions, including an old woman. And this old woman is like the most frequent one. Um, I think Liz saw it. Liz saw it a bunch of times. Um, one time she was coming back home and while she was outside, she looked through the window and an old woman was staring at her and then she vanished. Um, she's later seen in Ben, the kid's room, Ben's room. (gasps) And the kids even commented later saying that when they got older, they, when they were like toddlers, they would see this old woman in the playroom with them all the time, <gasps> just sitting silently Ugh. and not reacting. Oh, I have like total me too. Right now. Oh, I hate it. Um, and they apparently they never said anything to their parents because they thought their parents could also see this thing. And since the parents weren't overreacting, they were like, I guess this person's welcome here. I so they this just never lives with us now. They just like they never. I guess they knew it was she, I'm guessing that they knew she was creepy, but never said anything. So they were like, well, if she wasn't supposed to be here, our parents would say something. Right. Right. And, uh, but yeah, so apparently she would just sit with the kids all the time in the playroom. And eventually Liz started noticing something dark in the corner sitting with them. And, uh, the creepiest part of this old woman, uh, was that apparently Bill and Liz one night, saw either the woman or a hooded figure at the foot of their bed because they woke up to the door opening and quote, a skeletal hand curled its fingers around the latch and slammed the door shut. Again. And then, and then they woke up to seeing this apparition. In Goodbye. The family also started seeing shadow figures running through the kitchen and someone who was camping close to their backyard reported later seeing a man in the window all night long. Ew. Um, they were like, wow, that man just wants to watch us t- roast marshmallows eat all night. Eat salad. I know. Eat salad. <laughs> oh. Not Sorry. camping. Are you kidding uh, right, me? Right, 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 right. I was thinking There's only the so reverse. far I will let you take this salad thing. Okay. <laughs> camping with I, salad is not happening. I thought you were talking about the camper watching the people inside. Oh, no. Yeah, the guy in the window it. was eating a salad the whole time. He just <laughs> out. The silhouette of some kale was coming off the edge of the bowl. Wow. So Bill uh, was also now having frequent nightmares of a figure with a beak on its face. Fun <gasps> fact. I don't like and, that. <clears throat> which could have also maybe been the bird man, I guess. Well, that's what I um, thought. Is that not what, what it was? So this guy with a beak on his face was apparently very similar and looks to the Egyptian god Horus. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Do you know which one I'm talking yes, about? the right. one with the beak on its face. <laughs> you nailed it, yeah. So uh, that was how Bill ended up describing it. And during all of this, the power bills were still coming in at crazy high prices. That's and frightening. The f- and the family decided... I don't know if it was at this point or eventually they decided, oh, the energy bill is always really high because the spirits are using all of this energy to stay so powerful. Yeah. Like harnessing it's like, the electricity. It's like when light bulbs like pop because they theorize yeah. that they're like using that energy. Yikes. Well, they were. Uh, so Liz also later said something about how the, the lasers in the barn might have just been like such concentrated energy that it was looking super bright or something. So that was just his laser machine next to the lava lamp. <laughs> it's wall. just his Tesla coil that is he was <laughs> subletting from, uh, from Christine. From me. <laughs> so, also very a la Amityville horror, if you recall, um, and we will eventually redo the Amityville horror for those who don't know. But the family who moved in later, the father of that family, as he was slowly becoming 
potentially more possessed, he began closing himself off from the family. He started like hiding away in his office and working overtime. Mm -hmm. And Bill started doing this too and was spending a lot more time in his art studio. And now the art that he was making was much more disturbing. Oh no. And ironically wasn't selling as well. So if, I don't know if he was blaming his bad luck of his art on the fact that he was in a haunted house or maybe he thought the haunted house stuff would make his art sell more i don't know right but it was his art was becoming clearly more disturbing apparently what he used to paint was like bright colors and you know not the creepy stuff he was now doing bird man seducing a guy eating a salad that it would be a disturbing painting it would be a painting I'd buy, though. I, um, I, we would have it in both our studios, for sure. He was just ahead of the times. Like, if it were 2021, that art would fucking That Etsy sell. store would be sold Insane. out. Insane. Yeah. Insane. So one painting uh, that apparently doesn't get mentioned a lot, but it was it's just an interesting story to one of his pieces, was that at this time, one of the pieces of art that did sell was a local farmer asked for a painting of his horse, but Bill, for some reason, had this, like, mental block and would not paint the horse's legs. What? And eventually he tried to paint the legs, but, like, forgot how how to paint horse legs. And so what? they ended up coming out looking very broken, and within <gasps> the week, the horse's back legs had been no, injured. No, baby. That's horrible. So I don't know if that's, like... Him having a premonition or him manifesting it or something, but it's just a creepy story. That's um, horrifying. <clears throat> also, like George Letts from the Amityville Horror, his attitude became much more hostile to the family, and he was now having a quickly increasing interest in the occult. Mm. And uh, Liz was also having behavioral changes. She apparently had gone into trances and was speaking in a, quote, evil, hateful voice that was not hers. Mm-mm. Um, and also the son, Lawrence, who was, uh, you know, he was an angsty teenager already. So yeah. prime material to <laughs> latch on to and make even more hostile. He apparently went to so many crazy bouts of rage where he was like spitting on the family and uh, cussing them out. And he was not himself um, that they ended up sending him away. Oh, because, no. And I don't know if it was like send him away because he's so horrid or because maybe they were saving him from something spiritually. I don't know what the reason was, but they had to send him away because of his personality like behavioral changing problems so much. and stuff. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he's the bill said about Lawrence, quote, it was not him. I can't stress that enough. It wasn't Lawrence mm. that someone else was behind his face and in his face was much older and incalculably evil. Um, also, I thought this was fun that one of the ways they tried to describe Lawrence as like being like, you know, crazy with rage is that he painted his room red. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, those crazy God kids. Forbid. I know. So anyway, I thought that was silly. That was on a few articles where I was like, that's what we're gonna Can st- you take believe? the time to write. Um so anyway, apparently he also painted his room red, and that was what, for all we know, sent them over the edge and said, you're going to boarding school. <laughs> so um, eventually, at this point, Liz is like, fuck this place, and packs up the kids and leaves. That's but the mom, right? The mom. Yeah, she yeah. takes her two younger kids after, especially because now Lawrence is out of the house, and so she doesn't have to worry about him, and right. she just takes the two younger kids and leaves. But she's unable to convince Bill to leave with her, so he stays behind. Okay. 
And Yikes. while alone, Bill is now having even darker thoughts. Apparently he's now thinking about hurting himself, especially in the kitchen where he's already had all this other activity. Apparently Ugh. in there specifically, he was thinking about all the knives that he was surrounded by. Um, Liz also knows that he probably isn't doing well. So even though she left, she comes back to the house to check on him. And when she's there, when she gets to the house, the power has been cut off which Bill never told her about. He was just now living in a house living without power. Like oh no. She get, when she gets inside the house, she sees that the power's off and also there's a bunch of crazed drawings all over <gasps> the walls. And Bill is quote standing almost comatose and muttering about dead bodies while walking <gasps> through the house. Oh my god. Um so at this point, she's like, what do I do? <laughs> and yeah. she's like, code red, like the color of Lawrence's room. Yeah, and so, red flag, red walls. So the uh, neighbors, I guess at some point, either hear what's going on or maybe Liz goes to the neighbors looking for help. I'm not too sure. But they hear about it and they suggest that the family goes and talks to the local minister named David Holmwood. Okay. And David ends up gathering all of their items throughout the house that when he when he comes to visit them, at least um, he gathers everything that could be a potential gateway or a portal for this bad activity to be continuing. So that includes the books on a cult that uh, on the occult that Bill has recently been buying mm-hmm. um, any of his darker art. Um, oh, yeah. And paintings. So and then. Minister David, he takes all this and just sets it on fire outside. Oh, oh. Which, like, apparently you're not supposed to do that, right? I, I don't, I don't know. But, I mean, I feel like that's a dangerous Don't they move. say, like, never set a Ouija board on fire, which is also a gateway? I do believe you're not supposed to set a Ouija board on fire from what I've learned. But I'm not positive. I, I feel like I've heard that. Well, uh, so he sets everything on fire. Allegedly, one of the books that was on fire in the pile ended up flying back Jenny. out of the pile. Oh, oh sorry. I'm trying kitty. to get the microphone. Oh, there he is. Okay. Ooh. Oh. Never mind. I was trying to get the camera on Zoom over here, but your high pitched so noise. Kept I know. It on you. Look, I, I demand people's attention. Obviously. <laughs> <clears throat> um. Sorry. Was I? Oh, so he as he's burning all the books and art. Allegedly, one of the books that was in the f- pile of fire ended up flying back out of the pile just to hit David in the face. Interesting. <laughs> as like a fuck you of I feel things. like I'd be like, that's the portal, right? Like that's <laughs> I'd be one. like, we that's proving it, yes. It's found its way out. The activity goes uh, it goes away for a little bit, but uh it slowly starts coming back. But by this point, because the neighbors knew it was going on and now ministers come to the house, paranormal investigators are now starting to hear about this. Mm. And uh also spiritualists, mediums, they're all coming in. At, in one article I saw that they were all doing a séance together at one point. Um one paranormal team did come in and said that the house had four entities. They it had a woman, which makes sense cuz the the old woman everyone's saying. Right, right, right. Also two men and a dark ancient entity that was haunting Bill specifically. Oof. So, is that the succubus? Um, oh, maybe. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. Like, which one's the succubus? And do the other two both have beaks? It's What's the one happening? That looked, I, I don't know. I Yeah, none of them had a beak. So maybe the dark ancient entity had a beak and was seducing him. Uh, 
So there's one main exorcist that does come to the house, but there's, I saw in one article that before him, there was another exorcist named John Astor who came to the house, but I didn't really hear much about that experience. Um, the one that people pay most attention to is the exorcist named Eddie Burks, who in the nineties, I guess really made a name for himself. And he also comes to the house with, uh, Maurice Gross, who worked the Enfield poltergeist case. Oh, okay. So they apparently come to drag, quote, drag the evil force into the Christian era. <laughs> come on. <laughs> you can do it. We've Don't all had to do dally. it. <laughs> I guess he said that this, because it was a, quote, ancient deity, it was pre-Christian. And so How he was. How freaky. He's bringing this thing into the christian era so that then the exorcism would work i don't really know anything about i don't know anything about religious science yeah like what how do you bring something into the christian world so then that your christian stuff works i don't confused but that's what he did and it worked so during the exorcism uh eddie burks the exorcist his tape recorder made a sound like lightning had hit it (gasps) but that was the worst activity and soon the hauntings ended okay um, I guess during this, Bill felt some pressure in his body during the exorcism as if something might have been leaving him, I guess. Mm. But afterwards, the whole house seemed, quote, visibly brighter and there were no more hauntings. Wow. They also, once this was over, like I said, they contested their uh, power bills to Swalik Power Company. <laughs> uh, and then uh, they ended up, they stopped pushing them for payment eventually. And even though the hauntings were gone... Um, I think Liz was like, I don't fucking care. I got to get out of here. I and wouldn't so, want to stay either. I don't blame yeah, her. Yeah, like you really haven't had any good memories there. And they've yeah, been true. there for six years at this <gasps> point. And it was just scary the whole time. I mean. Yeah. And so she was like, I'm over it. And so they ended up moving. And uh, as a an epilogue, like the after the yeah. aftermath, uh, Bill and Liz later on divorced. Oh, and no. Bill, uh, a while after that, passed away. Oh. Um, but so the this case of the Hellfire Farm haunting is now featured on a docudrama called True Horror, mm. and apparently, I think it's a three episode series or a three. Uh, the they got three episodes on that show. Um, so like the first wow. episode cover. I know it wasn't even just like a one episode thing, and then yeah. they went on to another case. They got three whole th- like own mini series. <laughs> yeah. And there's a book by Mark Chadburn called Testimony, which is considered as accurate as you can get to the true story because Mark had actually visited the farm and interviewed the rich family. Um, He says, quote, when interviewing Bill, he left me alone in his art studio and I started to feel as though someone was watching me and I thought I felt something touch the nape of my neck. So even he had a little bit of some spooky stuff happen while he was there. Um, So... Real quick, while they had all these investigators and spiritualists coming into their house, as well as current journalists and historians, these are some of the reasons why this farm was probably haunted. So this is just a a compilation of reasons that either they've been given or we've been given. Um, And many of these theories actually came from when the spiritualists were all coming into the house at the same time. So... The first one is that this was the site of a witch coven that performed dark rituals. I feel like that one was kind of expected um, where a dark entity had potentially been summoned and then never banished away after the fact. Um, So like some satanic ritual situation. Yeah. Bingo, bingo. Yeah. 
The next one, uh, interesting, is that Bill is being haunted by someone he killed in a past life. Whoa. Uh, okay. I, you have put all the blame on Bill. Yeah. Um, and then another is that the spirits were using Lawrence as a channel into our world, but mm. that doesn't. I guess either they did that until Lawrence was gone, and by that point they were so powerful they didn't need him anymore. Right. Or that's not true because Lawrence literally left he at left. one point. Yeah. So who knows? Another one I think your favorite will be that um, Bill had ley lines crossing underneath the bathroom in the house. <gasps> and he was apparently destined to move into this property and direct the evil spirits through his home. Wait, why was Bill de- like why why did Bill have the ley lines? Didn't don't they just mean the house had ley lines? Yeah, like his Bill's property had ley lines under the, oh, under the okay, bathroom. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and it was his job to be there and I don't know redirect the spirits around the house. Okay, I'm I mean I like really the ley sure line thing. I don't know if Bill's like the conductor, but whatever. They were making it sound more like it was a destiny situation, so I think it was like. You were meant for this. Like he was drawn yikes. there or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Another one is that a former graveyard had been disturbed during the construction of this house. And this was allegedly confirmed by construction workers later mm. that they found two headstones where the current house sits. thought you were going to say um, two heads and I was like, with beaks? Come on, tell me. <laughs> no, just the headstones. Beakless headstones. Um, Got it. And uh, another reason is apparently in the 1840s, this, I think, a, like a historian actually confirmed. In the 1840s, a farmer that was hanged nearby was hanged because he had killed someone with an axe and buried him on the farm. Oh, yikes. So all that history, plus the fact that there might have been a body on the farm. Yeah. And he was, I think he was like the last person to be hanged in the town or something. That's dark. It was a lot of dark history that had something to do with the farm. Um, that could also tie into like Bill having killed someone in his past. Maybe he was sure. the farmer. Oh, I don't know. Oh, um, interesting. Um, and then the reason that Bill and Liz go with, uh, they personally believe that they were cursed on a family trip right before buying the farmhouse because they had gone to Egypt and they'd seen the pyramid of Cheops. Chops? Cheops? Uh, where they learned about the Egyptian god Horus, and apparently right. they feel like they did something that disturbed the area or that like some curse from there followed them home, but it would make sense as to why both of them thought they kept seeing someone with a beaked face. They It looked like Horus. That's, I that's feel their... a little bit like that's kind of problematic, but... I also feel like it's kind of probably like I feel like people say like oh, I went to Egypt I've been cursed it's like well mm-hmm. it's like the same with mm-hmm. a, a Native American burial grounds it's like why are you assuming that like because it's a different culture it's been like it's full of like oh I know creepiness so. I know I have a hard but time that's that. their but, uh, another reason that they think that it's because of there is because when they were looking at a certain tomb uh, yeah. Liz saw like blue and white lasers in her eyes and they were the same ones from they were the same ones that she saw at the barn later yeah i mean and i guess if they're dreaming about horus i don't know but then they could have just been dreaming about their vacation because they saw it yeah i don't know i don't i don't want their vacation exactly (laughs) anyway so i don't know what the deal is but they their personal belief was that it was because they feel like they brought something home from them with egypt which yikes but that is part of the story so i'm 
making sure I cover it. It was not what I would think is the reason, but whatever. One time my, my, I don't know if I'm supposed to tell the story, but I'm going to tell it anyway. One time my grandfather stole a bone from a tomb. Um, okay, maybe you shouldn't tell this. <laughs> okay, but keep going. <laughs> in like the 80s, I think, and uh, from a nun, like it was like a body of a nun. And he this just his... gets worse. Yeah, it's just terrible. Uh, and so he felt like it had caused him all sorts of problems and he was cursed. So he had my mom drive it back and put it back. So my mom had to take this finger bone and go back and like put it back in the tomb and apologize to the nun. Oh God. I like how he <laughs> sent someone else to do his fucking I dirty know. work. Like I'm like, mom, I feel you like... are such a sucker. He has eight kids and you're the one that agreed to do this. Also, I feel like if he doesn't want to bring it back himself, then that's on him. If even if you, even if Renata like apologized full heartedly. <laughs> it's like, it wasn't her apology to give. Yeah, like, exactly. It's like, exactly. You're still screwed. My guy, like yep. that was apparently a lot of people will steal rocks from like, um, like spaces that are considered vortexes. Like holy or sacred. Oh, Oh, vortexes. Or, or like, like, like energy vortexes, like yeah. um, Sedona. They apparently have like, I think, I think they have like the ranger has like a post, a PO box oh or something God, for people to for... send rocks back at when they feel guilty for That's having funny. stolen part it's of the like mountain. It's like at um, Robert the Doll where they have a, a mailbox for people to apologize to Robert yeah. if, if they took his picture without consent. Anyway, oh, so. Lordy, this is a weird world we live in. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're grandfather knows somebody who righted his wrong but also <laughs> yeah if anyone needs help i guess renata's willing to just you know fix from your a, situation from a tomb a finger or what was yeah, it yeah finger bone that's so fucked up. i know that's so trust me up. i'm like what is the matter with this guy but it's back correct like it's in back, case like yes. the person who like oh, is the overseer of that tomb watches like, i've been missing a finger this. no no it's but back. like his finger has looked weird for a decade what's been going on all right. No, I uh, well, yeah, the nun's finger is back. This has been um, decades ago, so. Jeez Louise. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. That's it's. We're probably fine now. Um, Fing- we're probably fingers fine. crossed. Question mark. Who knows? Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> uh, anyway, that is the story of the Hale Fanog, or AKA Hellfire Farm. That's haunting. a that's a good one. I feel like I might have. I feel like this is one of those that I I could picture myself having a nightmare about that fucking creepy bird person. Not Horace, but like the bird person. A, a different, a different, not as handsome. The other beaked man. entity. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah. 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 I just feel like that's very creepy, and I don't. I'm not. I'm not like super into it. If you're asking. So. You know, you have said that you've you've used that phrase or that inflection enough times that now a lot of times Eva and I will pretend that we're you when something weird happens and we'll go, no I way. mean, we'll go, I mean, I don't love it. Um, <laughs> I do say that so often. Oh, and no. I feel like I feel like when I was with Eva, when we were on our way to surprise you, I feel like I said that like three or four times. Oh, that's I, so like, I mean, I don't love it. I mean, I don't so, love it. Yeah, I say that yeah, all exactly. the fucking time. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, I'll come up with a new one, I guess. A new slogan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Explore new possibilities, pleasure zones, and find your vibe at funlove.com. Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out a vibrator, I thought, oh boy, this is not your everyday fruit basket. There was everything, I'm telling you, from sexy perfumes, to toys, to vibrators, to lube. I mean, I gotta say, it's like a one-stop shop, okay? If you go to funlove.com and you're looking for maybe a romantic evening, either with a loved one or with yourself, they've got what you're looking for, I can promise you. So what are you waiting for? Explore, discover, indulge, and make love fun by visiting funlove.com. And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18 store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Juni, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. And Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. All right. Well, I have a story for you today, Em. It is called The Burger Chef Murders. Ah, I love Ooh. burgers. I know you do. I love salads. Not telling you. Okay. Stupid salad. I'm so mm, mad about okay, that. Let's, let's try the burger thing this time. Okay, let's try with burgers. So we are in Indianapolis in 1978. And uh, according to Indianapolis Monthly, I'm just going to give you a little summation of what happened uh, during this time. It was 1978, and according to Indianapolis Monthly, for people living in Indianapolis in 1978, the year must have seemed like the last they'd ever see. That Mm. January, a historic blizzard buried the city beneath almost two feet of snow that 40 miles per hour winds whipped into 20-foot drifts. The National Guard was called out. 11 Hoosiers died, and if you're not familiar, Hoosier is the The, word for The name of the people there. Yeah, lives like a Yinzer in... uh, pittsburgh fun fact that also <laughs> makes sense here my hometown name we're called fredericksburgers fredericksburgers i love that speaking of the burger chef That's guy fun. okay did you ever uh, abbreviate it to just like 
some burgers or was it always yeah. Fred- Frederick's burgers? No, burgers. I we would like to burgers. think if we had a if we had like a team name, we would call ourselves the burgers. But... I love that. You should make like a a minor league baseball team, the Fredericksburg Burgers. Well, well, we have the Fred Nets, but one of the things that minor league baseball does is they have like this like food week yeah. every year where they like all represent a different food. And so I would like to think that the Fred Nets will get like a chance what at being they called do? the burgers for a week. They're too they're so brand new that they haven't oh. gotten to be a part of it yet. So I'd like well, to think that they they will claim actually I know the, the person in marketing there. I'm going to well, Blaze's <laughs> team in uh, Hartford, they do the steamed cheeseburgers because that's the local Connecticut mm. food. So you already got a burger on the table. It has to be different burger. We'll have to. Yeah, we'll have to. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Okay. So uh, 11 Hoosiers died that winter. In July of 1978, a man shot a woman named Julia Cyphers at her home. Uh, she was trying to show him some items she was selling out at a garage sale. And he mm. went into her home and shot her. Um, There were also a series of explosions in trash receptacles, a cornfield, and a bowling alley. And this Indianapolis was just, like, struggling, for lack of a better word. It doesn't sound good, yeah. Yeah, every month it felt like some new tragedy was occurring. Unfortunately... what year was this, 78? Yes, 78. Okay. Okay. Um, And unfortunately they did not know that an even more tragic not even more tragic but another tragic occurrence would happen pretty shortly after called the burger chef murders and this took place at a burger joint called burger chef which was located at 5725 crawfordsville road and uh it was the year 1978 as you can probably guess burger chef was a fast food burger chain um it was started in indianapolis in 1954 and they were known for their double burgers which were called the big chef uh, but the chef was spelled S-H-E-F. I don't totally get that. Oh. But. I don't like that. I don't like it either for some reason. It throws me off. Um, huh. The quarter pound hamburgers were called the super chefs, also with an S-H. Mm. And the following, here are their slogans. Okay. Okay. Just for funsies. 1980 yeah. to 1996, their slogan was nowhere else but burger chef. Okay. Some of them are just really okay. weird. That one's fine. Some of them get weird. 1976 to 1980, we really give you the works. Uh, and okay. then a second one was, <laughs> this one's weird. Open wide America, you never can forget. You get more to like at Burger Chef. Okay. Ooh, I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> <laughs> and like weirdly, Burger Chef is spelled C-H-E-F, but like their food is spelled S-H-E-F. It's just strange. I don't know. Oh, someone had a really fun time on their first job of marketing. One hundred percent. And like they were the like, "I'm bringing in- ideas. They're not good, but they're ideas. They are technically ideas." And the person in charge of them was like in a in a new romantic relationship and was like, "Do whatever you want. I'm busy texting my my lover." Okay. Yeah. Um. So then, from seventy one to seventy six, they just did. You get more to like at Burger Chef. Plain simple. Okay. Yeah, they were like, we got to reel this shit in. We got to yeah. reel it in. And then from 70 to 71, there was there's more to like at Burger Chef. Okay. And then their final one, which I also find weird, is Burger Chef goes all out to please your family. It's like, why are you doing this? It's just why? so long. It's just it's you so could just long. say you go. You could just say we go all out. Okay. Yeah. And or you could just say what? there's more to like at Burger Chef. Okay. End you know story, what's a fun but... game, by the way? Like, I know we're already, like, literally doing it right now, but during quarantine, one of my favorite things that RJ and Allison and I would play when we first started 
being in the house all day is we would um, quiz each other on old slogans of fast so food restaurants. So fun. Have you played that game? There's like a game. I think it's called oh, Logos no. or something where it's like all different fast foods or like companies and they you try to match like either the logo or the slogan. I don't know. It's fun. Oh, no, I haven't played an official version, but I literally Googled like fast food slogans because you don't ever hear about some of them. And yeah. like, there's other ones that you you hear so faintly that you know it's from somewhere, but you don't you're know. You're like where. they're familiar, yeah, yeah. Like it, it's always like, fun to see like how your subconscious, because I feel like sometimes your subconscious knows it, and you're like, how did I know that? But it's like because the marketing fucks with your head so much. Anyway, if you're on a road trip right now, or if you're just bored in the house after you listen to this episode all the way through, by the way, then uh, go Google like fast food slogans yep. and quiz whoever is next to you. No, and- what you have to do is go on Sporkle. They have a really good one. They have a couple. I love several Sporkle. Really good- Sporkle has some very good fast food slogan quizzes and logo quizzes. Just fun fact. Good for them. Um. Anyway, so. One interesting Burger Chef anecdote from Wikipedia goes as follows. In the early 1970s, the chain introduced the fun burger and the fun meal with packaging. Okay. I know. I know. With packaging that included stories about Burger Chef and Jeff's adventures and friends, including the magician Burgerini, Vampire Count Fang Burger, Talking Ape Burgerilla, and Cackleburger the Witch. Who's me? Cackleburger the Witch. That's I'm sorry. Cool. His name is Burger Chef Jeff. Burger Chef and Jeff. Burger Chef uh, and, and Jeff. And random fucking Jeff. <laughs> and Jeff's there too. <laughs> and like Burger Chef had a friend named Jeff and Jeff was like, include me. It's Jeff literally... was a Gemini and, um, <laughs> but they were into some spooky stuff. Hang Jeff on, what... was a mongoose um, spelled G-E-F. <laughs> Burger Chef Fun and Jeff's meals. Adventures. Oh, I'm totally going to look that up later. I'm just, I'm putting that down now so I can Google it later. That's so M says, I'm looking this up later as like they're clearly typing. No, I was, I was typing it in so I can check it out later. I'll, my ADT, I will never remember if I don't type it in now. So. Oh, I have photos and stuff I can text you as well. They're in my little um, appendix here. So fun. Yeah. So uh, they had this fun, so Cackleburger the Witch is me. Um, you can be Jeff. Yes. Okay. okay. I and, am, by the way. <laughs> you are, Jeff. I already, I already claimed Jeff as my own before uh, anything else. <laughs> you, Jeff spoke to you directly immediately. Um, so does that okay. mean, hang on, in 1973, does that mean that they created children's meals? Oh, it sure does, Frendo. <gasps> you really called that. You really called that. History. Because... Wow. So they had these uh, these stories and like these fun meals, they called them. With riddles, puzzles, and small toys. So then when McDonald's introduced their Happy Meal in 1979, uh, Burger Chef sued and ultimately lost. And they ended up going out of business. Well done. So McDonald's really fucked them over. (laughs) Interesting. Um, Okay. Yeah. So they had fun meals. Then uh, McDonald's came out with Happy Meals. Burger Chef sued McDonald's. They lost. And Burger Chef ultimately went out of business in 96. Wow. And yeah, that's that. Oh, here, I have a photo of here. I'm going to text you a photo of Jeff. I found one. Oh, please do. Who is Jeff? You have not even told me this yet. I told you he's the friend of Burger Chef and they go on adventures. I know. I I didn't know if that was like, oh, is he like the Ronald McDonald? Is that what this is? Oh, he's literally looks like Ronald McDonald. What a creepy little kid. Yeah, he's that's you. I love him. What? (laughs) He's so he's so I mean. (laughs) This <laughs> is just such a dumb picture. <laughs> such a, so, Brent, we have to put this as our. <laughs> He's so creepy. Looking. He's 
so stupid. Also, I love that they're making two hamburger patties. Like they have like this whole grill. I'm like gonna cry laughing. This is so funny. Um, it's shop. literally the size. It's literally the size of the polka dots on their <laughs> this old man named burger chef wearing glasses who doesn't look much like a mascot he just kind of looks like an old man and then this creepy ass red-headed kid with like giant eyes and no pupils like, named Jeff. he looks like a playmobile yes he does look like a playmobile he does 100 um, percent. but also burger chef nothing... has pupils and jeff doesn't which like disturbs burger me burger chef bit. looks like every single person's father and jeff he looks, looks like, like nobody i've ever jeff met looks or like a demonic entity i don't know what else to tell you <laughs> i think the glasses really help burger chef from looking so dead inside but jeff yeah. looks like like one looks more human and one looks more puppet and the fact that they're next to each other doing the same thing it is doesn't like, make it, sense that they're best friends it just doesn't it, i'm sorry also it really doesn't make sense that they're best friends with such an age gap it's making me it's really have questions about burger chef <laughs> burger chef also but the thing that's even creepier is in the background there's a literal actual human making burgers and so it's like it's like watching it's like watching one person do the same job as two mannequins it's very creepy <laughs> and the man i've never like not doing a good job you can just tell like like there's no way chef is gonna flip that burger patty but, or jeff is no gonna there's no it. way he doesn't have pupils it's, like what the hell how is he gonna see also it? nothing is creepier to me than a mascot that's supposed to be human it's very like uncanny valley situation it's not like, good yeah if a mascot is like a cartoon animal, fine. But when it's supposed to look I completely more agree. human, it freaks me out. It's I'm going like, to make this why, my why? desktop background. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff uh, is so fucking creepy. I can't take it. I, this is going to ruin me. Anyway, I want to my, find a full size of uh, Cackle Burger the Witch. I just wish. It's my wish literal background right now on my laptop, just so you know. Okay, I'm going to look up this later. Uh, there's a YouTube <clears throat> video called Burger Chef and Jeff Meet Cackle Burger the Witch. And oh, that's basically sake. you and the weird old man meet me um, at the burger joint. Oh. And I can't wait to watch <laughs> Thank it. Thank God. So, um, wow, I've fully set myself into a contraction with my with my laughing <laughs> So that's excellent. I hope, please God, let your baby be born now so you have no. to tell them about Burger Chef Jeff. Ever, burger no, Em keeps Jeff. doing this. Every time I'm like, every time we're watching something stupid, which happens every five seconds, Em's like, imagine if your water breaks right now and you have to tell your child that you were watching. Let's see. There was Ghost Adventures Quarantine. There was uh, Are You the One? There was that horrible sexy You'll have to show. name your baby Jeff, I'm pretty sure. Like, oh, oh, little baby Jeff. Oh, so sweet. Little baby like, Jeff. Horrible. Uh, no offense to Jeff's out there, but I really can't unsee the non-pupil Playmobil creature that we just looked at. It's, it's a lot. So anyway, that's just a fun fact about Burger Chef. Um, unfortunately for all of us, uh, the chain closed in 96. So that's pretty tragic. Um, M's never going to recover. I can tell. I, I tried looking up Burger Chef Cackle Witch and I didn't see anything. So oh, don't you're... worry. I have the video uh, queued up. So I'm going to watch it after this. Okay, perfect. Um, and I'll send you some screen grabs. Uh, so you'd think that this like whole cackle situation this whole uh jeff situation would be like the biggest dramatic incident in burger chef history unfortunately no because there was some real life tragedy as well weirdly enough this murder took place the day before uh jim jones orchestrated his oh you know memorable mass murder 
via. Is that uh, why we don't really know much about this? Because Jim Jones like totally took over the airwaves. Mm, I don't think so. <clears throat> you know. I thought so at first too, but it. I mean, it was a much smaller scale situation. Okay. Um, I think it just happened to be the day before. Gotcha. I mean, okay, perhaps. But I don't know. It seems like it's a pretty local story to where it is. I don't know. People okay. in Indianapolis, gotcha. let me let us know if you know about this already. Because if it is a, like a local story, it might be just more well known there. Um, so, okay, day before uh, the mass murder at Jonestown in Guyana, um, it was Friday, November 17th, 1978. And there's a Medium article written by Sal Wrights, and it goes as follows to describe what happened. Quote, at around midnight, an off-duty employee of the Burger Chef branch located in Speedway, Indiana, came by the restaurant and noticed something strange. The lights of the restaurant were still on and the door was unlocked. Upon further investigation, he found that four people on shift that day were nowhere to be found and the safe where the restaurant's daily earnings were kept was also open with around $580 missing. So four employees all gone. Um, today, that's about $2,000 in the safe that was missing. And this is where we just get, it just gets sadder and sadder because the four people who had been working that day uh, and who had gone missing were as follows. Assistant manager Jane Freet, who is 20, Daniel Davis, who was 16, Mark Flemons, who was 16, and Ruth Shelton, who was 17. So four very young people um, just... <laughs> just sad mm. uh i'm gonna tell you about the four of them there was a writer named there is a writer named nikki m on arcadia publishing and she wrote kind of a little write-up about each of these i say kids they're not necessarily kids some of them are adults but it was like a group of kids like they were friends and they were young so here is um a little bit about each of them here's a little write-up about jane who was the uh assistant manager Jane's career with the fast food franchise began when she was a 17-year-old student at Avon High School. She started working for Burger Chef uh, before transferring to the Speedway location in the spring of 78. Everyone who encountered, this is kind of weird, the long-haired, dimpled young lady. Okay. Ah, interesting writing. Specific on the physical aspect, but yep. known as Sweet Jane, said she was a happy person who was, already, who was always ready to tell or laugh at a joke. She had a zany smile that always reminded me of Lily Tomlin because when she smiled, her eyes would crinkle up into these crescent moon shapes, said Lori Shufflebarger, who was a year behind Jane in high school and frequently ate lunch with her at the same table in the cafeteria. She was well-rounded, did a number of activities. She was on yearbook staff, pep club, drama, gymnastics. Uh, she worked as a library assistant and also did her part-time burger chef job on top of getting good grades and being really active in school. Jeez. And was like the a... assistant manager. She's like kicking ass. Wow. So now there's the second young woman, Ruth Ellen Shelton, who was also 17, was very poised, professional, uh, went to Northwest High School. And when she wasn't uh, working in the Burger Chef dining room, she was an honor student who took STEM-related classes, which was very r rare for young for girls at the time in the 70s to be in like STEM classes. It was not as common. Yeah. yeah. So she took a lot of STEM classes. Um, she was pursuing a double major in business and math, even though she like she wow. <laughs> she was in high school, but she was like preparing her class load because she wanted to pursue a double major in business and math um, to get into a good college. And she wanted to work in computer science. 
So, Jeez, okay, so Burger Chef was really churning out some like real power that's women. That's a place to go if you're like a wow. talent scout for like Apple. I guess Burger right. Chef is where to go. Apparently so. Like that's just <laughs> that's just uh, Burger Chef is a one way ticket to San Francisco. I guess <laughs> the, in to the Silicon tech Valley. <laughs> <laughs> From Burger Chef to Silicon Valley, I can see yeah. it now. I know. Um, so classmates said Ruth Ellen was a quiet, studious, and creative girl. She studied voice at University of Indianapolis, which back then was called Indiana Central University. She worked uh, in the youth ministry at her church. She loved her fellowship group. Um, and like other girls her age, she had younger siblings and was really close with them. She filled her diary with details of her life. And apparently that like one of the last entries, which was Christmas of 1977, she recounted all of the gifts she received for Christmas, but concluded with the realization that she learned how much she loved her mom and dad. Oh, God. <laughs> wow. Jesus. That's I know. so fucking sad. I know. It's fucking horrible. Can you imagine, I mean, I don't even want to probably go there, but too late. Can you imagine if, like, you lose somebody really close to you and then, like, a, for example, like, a fucking 17-year-old and you go through their diary and find, like, wow, I just love my mom and dad. So, I mean, it's just It does feel a little like a message from beyond the grave, yeah, which I think yeah, that's true. I, would, I would definitely find a way to place more importance on it than there probably was. But, like, yeah, it's, that's like, true. it's, but still, like, for that to be, like, one of the last things you see your kids saying about you behind closed doors. Like, I can't imagine how gutted you've got to yes, be. Yes, like, yes, gutting, exactly. But you're right. That probably ended up being a comfort in the long run. At least I hope so. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so now there's Mark Flemons. He's 16. He was, now get this, he was the youngest of seven children born to Robert and Blondell Flemons. That was his mother's name. Now, Blondell, I'm going to take a stab at it. Blondell sounds like she knows how to throw down. I just Blondelle. feel like... I just feel like that's, you know how some people are meant to have a name? Like, I feel like you can't oh. have a name like Blondell without yeah. being just you, two tons You live of up to that name and we know it. Yeah. 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 Blondell Flemons. I don't know okay. what her maiden name was, but wow, Blondell Flemons was meant to It'd be. It'd be funny if it was Brunette Dell. Blondell f- Brunette Dell. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know. <laughs> I, it took a long Ooh. time though. <laughs> I don't Good. know. <laughs> Shut up, Christine. What if it was like Smith, though? It was like Blondell Smith, and it was like Blondell Flemons. No, I feel like... there's no way. There's no way. Maybe uh, it was like Burger Chef Jeff or something. I don't know. It could have been Jeff. I, I'm Blondell. You can be Jeff. I'm Blondell. Um, You're Cackle, Cackle Witch or whatever I'm Cackle Burger. You're right. Uh, okay, so Blondell. Eva can be Blondell. <laughs> <laughs> Stop saying Blondell. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> so, okay, interestingly enough, Blondell and Mark... Uh, the parents were devout Jehovah's Witnesses, so I guess actually maybe they didn't throw down okay. as much as we know. Wow, we gave Blondell a lot of airtime. <laughs> and also, Blondell was probably like, "Don't paint me in this light. I was not a partier. I'm against <laughs> this. I don't even celebrate holidays. I'm a Jehovah's Witness." Right, right, right. Yeah, sorry, she's a sorry. sister elder or whatever they're whatever she is. Sorry, Blondell and Mark uh, raised eight children. Nope, seven children and. Um, Oh, no, sorry. Mark was the child. Robert and Blondell were the parents. My bad. Okay. Mark was the youngest of their seven children. Um, And although Mark had some trouble adjusting to high school and struggling through freshman year, he was doing a good job. He had, like, kind of come up and, like, made 
made his way and like survived that hard transition into high school. It's kind of weird. They described it as follows. Speedway high school officials were convinced that the friendly boy who took pride in his appearance would make it after all. It's like, Oh, Oh, okay. Uh, Who's writing all of these little setups? Like that's kind of like digs. I don't know. (laughs) It's like like, (laughs) she was, she like I I can't even think of a dick. I feel like whatever they'd have to say about me would be so mean. <laughs> yeah, yours would like, be like, well, they were okay. Uh, it's like I like uh, how John Mulaney's like. I love how you'll just wear anything. Yeah, like exactly. I feel like that was like, exactly so like brave to wear the same shirt compliment. twice. <laughs> yeah, it's like he took great care of his appearance. Everyone was surprised he got a B sometimes in school. It's like he's whoa. M smells so nice once they finally get in the fucking shower later today. Like- <laughs> Which we're still waiting for to this very day. Yes. Um, so that was Juniper. Sorry, Junie's playing hike Mount Everest on my leg right now. Okay. Fun. Yeah, it is super fun for everybody but me. Um, okay. So that was Mark. Um, his father was also very encouraged by the grades he was getting now. And despite, I guess, combing his hair all the time or whatever, like a boy in the <laughs> 70s did to care for his parents. Um, and so he let his son take a job at the Burger Chef to make some money on the side. This upsets me because my sister is 16, turning 17 and has two jobs. And I'm like, you would just never think like, oh, this is a dangerous, life-threatening thing. I'm putting I mean, hey, think there. about everyone that's got a 16-year-old at high school right now. Yeah, that's what and I'm like, saying. Yeah. I'm saying no, I mean, s- like. I'm saying, like, like especially in America, where, like, school shootings are so dangerous. Like, imagine just, like, having a teenager and being like, oh, you're going somewhere that should be fine and safe. Yes, and it's exactly. Like, it's like, you don't think, you're not sending them off to, day. like, party. Like, you're sending them off to, to do responsible work and yeah, make some money, and it's just scary. Um, so he got this job. Then Daniel is the final kid. He's a junior at Decatur Central High School. He loved to laugh, tell jokes, have a good time. Um, he had just started on this shift, on Friday night shift, uh, and the week before, which is also like, mm. ouch. Um, he had a passion for photography. He even had a dark room at his house. He was also fascinated with aviation and planned to enlist in the U.S. Air Force after high school. He was a model employee like the other three, and they never gave their manager any trouble. And so all four of these kids, um, according to the manager, easily worked between 20 and 30 hours each week while maintaining their grades, and they had earned their manager's trust. When he thought about it, he could not remember a time that any of them had been late for their shifts. They were truly an exceptional crew. And also, like, like, wow. Yeah, again, like, just churning out power forces yeah. of just like oh they were good kids they were good workers the manager's like holy shit all four of them were exceptional employees it's just Jeez. fucking awful so i guess i'll tell you what happens now all right yep mm-hmm. i guess i have to so the police were called to the scene this is another one of those where you get angry sorry in advance um Great. The police were called to the scene of the crime. They found two empty currency bags and an empty roll of adhesive tape next to the open safe. There were also two purses left behind in the restaurant. Some of the employees' jackets were missing. And uh, the assistant manager, Jane, the first young woman I talked about, her Chevy 1974 Chevy Vega was missing, the car. So from wallets to coats, Mark, Jane, Daniel, and Ellen... Uh, each had something important left in the restaurant and it seemed inconsistent because it was like why would this one leave her purse here and this one 
take her work right. employee jacket. Like it was just odd, like the things that were left behind and the things that were missing. Right. Immediately, I would think that this was like some sort of like personal hit if like they weren't getting robbed of all the. Yeah, their... like like uh, they were missing along with like very specific of their own items. Yeah. It's just weird. It's just weird. Um, especially because like if they had left of their own volition, you'd think they'd take their purses with them. Right. Right. Um, so they basically took a look around and s- immediately concluded the case. Um, they said the youngsters had gone for a joy ride. They'd taken the money out of the safe and went out partying. The end. Even though, okay, even though we just spent the last, like, what, half an hour hearing how wonderful and trustworthy they are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. So they decided this is not urgent. There's no investigation needed. They closed the case. And because the... Restaurant was due to be open that morning. Um, they brought the next shift of employees in and had them clean the restaurant as usual before the shift. Oh, for fuck's sake. Getting rid of all evidence. Getting rid of any evidence that Are could you have been there. fucking kidding me? They literally okay. brought them into mop and were like, just clean up and go back to work. God. Without four, four employees just missing. And oh, God. several of the minors. Like, ooh. So the police left the burger chef with one photograph of the scene uh, and the burger chef was reopened as if nothing had ever happened. So, so they didn't even like take any evidence, take pictures. photos. Okay. No. okay. It's horrifying. And I, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I'm just going <sighs> to tell you to warn you in advance. This is an unsolved case, which makes it oh. even more infuriating. Thank you for telling me because I would I have just been getting angrier and angrier waiting for the answer. For the resolution. I know. Because I, I know. Because when I was researching this, I was like, I cannot wait to figure out who the... F-. And then it's like, oh. Oh. You just don't get to do it. We're that. screwed. Yeah. Okay. Great. So, obviously, at some point, evidence cropped up pretty quickly that suggested maybe they didn't just go for a joyride and something bad actually happened because the families of all four of these kids were like... None of our children came home today. Right. And What's the police are like, huh, maybe they're not out for a joyride where none of them returned home afterward. So that and the fact that the Chevy Vega that Jane uh, owned was discovered later in the morning, abandoned about a mile and a half south, uh, was another red flag. So this was an indicator that foul play was involved and authorities began considering the possibility that maybe instead of culprits, these four were actually victims of a kidnapping. Uh, yeah. Surprise. <laughs> no Ugh. shit. Um, so two days later, uh, Sunday, November 19th, a few hikers uh, discovered four bodies. It's just bad. All of whom had been brutally murdered. Oh my uh, god! Do we do we know that it was them? Yes. Oh, because it was only four days later. So okay. uh, they called the police, who were able to confirm that the bodies were those of the four missing Burger Chef employees. They had been discovered twenty miles away from the Burger Chef restaurant. I want to give a little warning here. This is pretty brutal. I'm just going to describe how they were killed. Um, an autopsy revealed that Ruth and Daniel had been shot repeatedly with a 38 caliber revolver. Jane was stabbed so violently that the blade of the knife broke inside her chest. <gasps> I know. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. That's from a Medium article. Um, and now this one's bad, too. Mark's autopsy concluded that he was beaten to death by a chain-like object and ultimately passed away by choking on his own blood. Oh, my God. I know. I know. Really also, like the variety freaks yeah. me out. It freaks me out. Like that. Like it almost. It was. 
experimental. Like, I don't know if that makes sense. It makes but it feels me think like... it might have been more than one person. But okay. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. It, it to, yeah, to me, like, being killed that many different ways makes me feel like... We do my first out... gut instinct is it's, like, it's some random sicko who just wanted to, like, kill someone in a bunch of different ways and did them all at once. I, I don't think so, because I, we do find out why Mark was killed by beating... Okay. At least we, we have a theory that we learn why Mark was killed that way and then why the other two were shot and stabbed. Um, okay. So I'll get to that. But yeah, it is it is weird. And it makes me think there's maybe two perpetrators instead of one. But like maybe one had a gun, one had a knife. I don't know. Okay. But yeah, it is weird. It is weird. Um, so police found valuables such as watches and money on the victims who were still wearing their Burger Chef uniforms. And this led police to believe that the motive was more than just robbery because they didn't even take their valuables after they killed them. So Mm. the case was moved to be one of the highest priority and the Indianapolis police launched into a full-blown investigation. Um, And there's an article on Insider that reports the community tried to help find the killer and console those who knew the victims. Burger Chef and Indianapolis-based chain posted a reward of $25,000 for information leading to the arrest. And uh, a lot, some people still thought this might have been a burglary, burglary. Oh my God, Christine, I just combined burglary and burger and robbery. <laughs> okay, sorry. Have I told you, have you watched those videos of people with Scottish accents or Irish Oh yeah, you were telling me this last week. They like can't get it together. I still haven't seen it, but you told me about that last week. <clears throat> it's really funny because I guess they don't, they like roll their R's that sound like L's. And so burglary is like, it's a lot. <laughs> a lot of very close together (laughs) yeah Yeah. um well apparently i say burglary which yikes okay like worst placed pun that was not intentional i promise um i meant uh, a robbery or a burglary so they thought this could have been a robbery gone wrong and that um one of the theories was that during the robbery one of the robbers realized they knew mark who wasn't supposed to be working that evening and panicked um kidnapped and murdered them so that was one of the theories shit Okay, so, that's a solid one, I think. I would say so, yeah, especially because he wasn't meant to be there. Like, he was new on the shift. I don't know. Right, right. Um, but at the same time, uh, the Indiana State Trooper Jim Kramer was like, why would somebody kill four kids, though? Like, it still seems like an extreme reaction to a robbery. Right. And an extremely violent one. Like Extremely violent. It's not Holy just, like, crap. shooting them and leaving them behind the building. It's, like, driving them away, like, violently attacking them. Yeah, I would like to think if I, like... Well, again, I feel like I play this game every fucking time we yeah. record. But it's like, I'm not a murderer, so I don't know. But if it were, like, just a random, they wanted to get this one guy, and then they had to, like, begrudgingly kill three others, I think they would try to do it in the quickest, You'd least think so. intimate way possible. Yeah. Versus, like, every single one of you is going to die so aggressively. And everyone has to get in the car so that we drive you somewhere else. Like, it just seems so, yeah. like, too drawn out. Yeah, I yes. agree. So I thought that was odd as well. Um, An anonymous tip came through from an alleged witness uh, who said that they had seen two white men, both of average height at the restaurant on the night of the crime. One had a beard and the other was clean shaven with fair hair. And they created like um, sketches of these people based on the eyewitnesses testimony, but they didn't garner any new leads. So things kind of dried up until a man who was drinking at a bar in Greenwood, Indiana, sort of let slip to another patron that he was responsible for the Burger Chef murders. Oh, was he? That's well, a weird thing to brag about. for him. 
At the very least, you got away with it. Keep your mouth. Tell us more. Shut. Right. Like, it's yeah. like it never. I will never understand that. That yeah. The whole the confidence. Thing. The just like the oh, I got away with it. The and idiocy gonna, and the confidence. Yeah. And now I'm going to get away with it again by talking about it and admitting it's so it. So like, dumb. What are you talking about? Okay. So he was brought in for interrogation and a polygraph test, but it was determined pretty quickly that he was not even involved at all. He was just oh. bragging, which again, which by the way, fuck you. Like, which if by the way, like, why the fuck would you do that and like brag that you were involved when you weren't? It's beyond me. Yeah. Um, so though he had been objectively unhelpful, uh, the man did hand over knowledge to the police about a gang he knew about who was uh, committing fast food chain robberies around the area. So he gave um, information about the people he knew were involved, um, hoping that maybe there was some crossover and the people he knew robbing restaurants were the same people robbing this restaurant. So they suddenly had these new descriptions and they continued the investigation and they found a man that perfectly fit the description of the bearded man that the eyewitness said they had seen at the restaurant that night. And coincidentally, when they brought him in for uh, questioning, he shaved his beard the night before for the first time in five years. Oh, hmm. huh. That's hmm. magically convenient. Very convenient. Magically convenient. Yes. Okay, well. That's the okay. next Burger Chef slogan. <laughs> magically convenient. <laughs> that actually, you know, for a fast food restaurant would be pretty nice. Excuse me. It's better than like my fam. Your family will be okay and we'll have an- a decent time here at this Burger <laughs> Chef. Where we, we try really hard here and also so does Jeff. And also so, so does Jeff and stop judging the lack <clears throat> of pupils that he has. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> So they also found a clean shaven man who matched the original description of the other guy that was with the bearded guy. And he Uh, was doing jail time for robbing fast food restaurants. Oh, okay. So that is kind of a lead. It's a good lead. Yeah. And for whatever reason, they couldn't find any evidence. And by whatever reason, I mean, because they literally vacuumed and mopped the entire restaurant. Right. Uh, For whatever reason. How magically inconvenient inconvenient reason. Thank you. So wow. fucking A, that was a dead end, which is like, that could very well be who it was, but we just don't fucking know because they don't have any evidence to tie to this guy. It pisses me off. Which, like, can you imagine if you were the guy who yeah. committed that and then you find out that they got rid of all evidence you're like, and hell you're like, yeah. whoo, dodged a bullet. All my, everything got vacuumed <clears throat> up. It, Yeah, terrible. So on March 5th, 1981, an undercover Indianapolis police officer arrested a 30-year-old man on charges of conspiracy to sell cocaine. His name was James Freet, and he was the brother of the Burger Chef victim, Jane Freet. Oh, okay. So when they interviewed him, um, they were like, maybe he has some connection to Jane's disappearance and murder um, because he had this like really strong involvement with this drug ring. And unfortunately, James denied having anything to not unfortunately that he didn't have anything to do with it. But unfortunately, it was just another dead end that um, he was never charged. Um, But it was just another weird coincidence that her brother pretty shortly after was arrested for being deep into a drug ring. So they were I would have thought for sure that that would have been a really nice lead. Yeah. If yeah, it (laughs) feels like all these are like very good steps in the right direction. And then they're just dead ends again, because for some magically inconvenient reason. Right, right. (laughs) So later in the spring of 1981, two prison guards working at the Marion County Jail observed a quarrel between James Freed, the brother, and a man named Alan Pruitt. So James, the brother of, uh, of Jane, mm-hmm. said, you need to talk to Pruitt about the murder of my sister. He knows oh, something. Oh, shit. And they were like, 
aha, that's why they're fighting. Because James ah. says this guy knows something about the murder of his sister. So according to that insider article I mentioned earlier, Pruitt told the officers that on November 17th, 1978, he had witnessed two men abduct the victims in an orange van and Jane's white Chevy Vega drunk and swaying outside the Dunkin Donuts next door. Pruitt figured the men whose names were Tim Willoughby and Jeff Reed were just some young people heading out to party, even though, as he told the uh, investigators, he saw one of them slam Mark Fleming's face into the side of the van. Oh, shit. And he's like, oh, but they're just probably all going out to a party together. They're just being silly. They're so silly, these these guys. Yeah. Jeez. And okay. so they, he was like, I believe that these two were the murderers. I saw them dragging these kids into the car. I assume they were all going to a party together, even though one of them was really rough with one of the guys. This is another, like, Dead <laughs> end? punch in the wall. Ugh. Perhaps worse. It turns out that he had completely made up the story and lied to <gasps> the police. Because they pissed him off and he just wanted to send them in the wrong direction. And it's like, did you have to do that for the sake of the family too? Like, it's one thing to piss the police off. It's another to like steer a case wrong for your own benefit. So he said, they really pissed me off. They started bugging me and hounding me and pushing me and pushing me and pushing me. I just got to the point. I finally just started telling them anything they wanted to hear. If I knew who killed them kids, don't think for a split second that I wouldn't rat them out because I would. So they were like, shit, he lied, and this is another dead end. And they would not have another lead for eight more years. Years? Eight oh, my God. years. Wow. So it's just so infuriating, again, that, like, okay, all the DNA was gone. Anything they could have salvaged was now compromised because even if they did find a hair or something left over, there were all these other employees that had been working there, and they had opened the restaurant for the day. So it's like nothing, everything I mean, is contaminated. At this point, like, this is not professional, but I would just be like, I give up. Like, I would be like, well, there's there's no there's no. Like, leads. how do you even go forward? Yeah. I would be like, it, unf- because of my own negligence, this has to remain a cold case. You need, like, like a-, a confession or something. Like, this is the only way you're going to get anywhere. Yeah, truly. I mean, uh, they didn't they didn't have, I already know the answer. They didn't have security cameras then, right? No. At so least not that, it. not that I read anywhere, yeah. I think this because that would have really solved some answers. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think that anyway. that would have been too convenient for the story, for this uh, whole story to still be uh, a mystery. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to be I completely so. unsolved. Yeah. So another fun fact that is just so infuriating is that remember when I said they took one photograph of the scene before they left? Uh huh. It yeah, wasn't well, even so a good picture, or what? <laughs> it was blurry. No, what? It's actually worse. So uh, it's the photograph that they took. Apparently, according to one investigator named Tom Davidson, it surfaced that the picture wasn't taken when the police initially responded to the crime scene. Instead, the officers later returned to the restaurant and staged things after the (gasps) fact, after the restaurant had already opened to customers. That is beyond negligence. They just went back after everyone had already been eating there and then reset up the scene and took a photo. That's so... From memory. At that point, why would you even set up like you're you you're literally taking a picture of a you're fake crime making scene. up a crime scene because it's by memory. You don't have a photograph to go off of. You're like, wow, oh, so this was over there. This was over there. That could not be dumb. What fucking police chief so was like, that's dumb. the plan we're going to go with. They're like, did you get any photos? No, go back and get one. But everything's moved. Put it back. Like, what do you mean? Put it back. There's people eating burgers right there. That's I okay. Well, okay. So we have negative evidence. Now, at this now point. we're going backwards. Exactly. 
because now this photograph like could not ever be used as evidence because it's like any good attorney would be like well you staged this right yeah, yeah okay truly. out the window it's not evidence. Oh, right <laughs> uh, what the fuck evidence is that yeah i know so on January 9th of 1989, police were interviewing a convicted rapist named Donald Forrester. And all of a sudden, he started to chit-chat a little bit about these Burger Chef murders. And he was currently seven years into a 95-year sentence for stalking, abducting, and raping a woman in Castleton. Um, and he, his name had actually come up in the tip line a few times. So oh. when he started chit-chatting about the Burger Chef murders, they were like, we got to... We got to actually write this down this time. Somebody get. <laughs> Someone take one fucking note for this. Take case. a photograph or something, <laughs> anything. So on January 9th of 1989. Um, oh, sorry. That was when they were interviewing him. And um, according to an article in Insider, uh, in reference to Indiana State Trooper Jim Kramer's account, there's some gore here, just FYI. Donald Forster, the rapist, convicted rapist, told police he was involved with a drug gang. The murders, he said, were a hit over a debt that Jane, the assistant manager, owed. Uh, when he and his accomplices rushed the restaurant's back door that night, Mark tried to play hero. And Mark was the one who had been beaten to death with the chain. Okay. And so he said he and his accomplices nearly beat him to death while the other kids were bound with wire and forced into a waiting van. They oh, were shit. all begging, he said. That night in the woods, Forrester said he popped some Demerols, and Demerol is a narcotic, uh, for those who don't know, stooped down where Ruth was lying and shot her in the face. <gasps> in front of everybody else in the van? Yeah, or in the woods, but yeah. Oh, my God. Then he stabbed Jane low down low with his hunting knife, end quote. Oh, my God. Ooh. So, and does he give a reason for why? Well, just that he uh, burst in. Okay, I'll read the first line again. The murders Sorry. were. No, you're fine. It's a lot. The murders were a hit over a debt that Jane owed. So oh, he's right, saying right, right. Okay. Jane had a debt to this drug ring, which I'm kind of like Jane. <clears throat> I feel like it was like actually like a kind of like how, you know, me being a mobster. Tell me all about I, it. <laughs> Well, like, usually it's, like, if someone owes you something, they just will hurt your family instead. Right. Or, you know, maybe they were just going after Jane because James actually owed them something. Because the brother. The drug that's stuff. what I thought. Because I'm, like, why would Jane owe it? Like, the background we have on her, there's nothing criminal. There's nothing. Yeah, it, it might have just been, like, oh, if you don't pay us back, like, you know, your sister better watch that's out. That's what to... I was thinking. Like, that's the and only then... connection I can think of. And then there were just so many other people involved that at when they had to go pick her up, the like everyone kind of just became yeah. collateral damage. Yeah. And they said that Mark tried to like attack or tried to defend them and play hero, quote unquote. And so they got pissed and beat him. And then they'd either uh -huh. been seen or they, I mean, they were clearly on drugs. If he's taking painkiller narcotics, like who knows, things clearly got out of hand if this is true. Um, right. Right. So, so that's one theory about why Mark would have been like beaten to death first. Mm -hmm. because he tried to defend the restaurant or whatever play right. hero and then why the others were killed differently um again we don't know if that's the case but that is one explanation so the marion county sheriff's department weren't convinced however forrester was able to lead them to exactly where they had found the bodies which was not really necessarily public information um and so as 
uh, one of the investigators remembered, after a length of time, it just seemed like for sure he was the right guy. He knew a lot of things that weren't public. However, mm. his confession fell through because there wasn't enough evidence. And it's like... <laughs> so even if he is legitimately telling yeah. the truth, he still gets away with it. It's just like, well, he said he did it. Can you imagine getting to like confess to a multi-person get it off homicide. your chest like and just feel cleansed by the end of the day just for nothing to happen to you and then go home are you kidding me yeah so the star uh <clears throat> paper still publishes confession along with his mugshot and until this day some believe he is the burger chef murderer for obvious reasons um one uh indiana state trooper the guy i mentioned earlier named jim kramer told insider in 2020 that he is confident that forrester's confession was a lie so he doesn't believe him, um, but he is reluctant to take anyone off the list for good. He says, even after all the lies, sitting across from Forrester in 1986, Kramer felt a twinge of concern at Forrester's final warning uttered just before the interview shut down entirely. He said, quote, if you send me back to prison, you'll never solve this. At least oh. on that count, he was telling the truth. So, question My mark, God. he died in prison in 2006. Um, they did not solve it. And the latest uh, in terms of like what's been going on with the case is that it has been handed over to Detective Nicholas Allspock, who's 36, an Iraq War veteran, joined the state police in 2007. Um, he was born and raised in Johnson County, Indiana, and his father and grandfather were both Indiana State Troopers, and his grandfather was the crime scene technician who lifted the palm print off Jane's car uh, after oh. the murder. And so he said, I grew up hearing about this case. Now I'll see what I can do. So he he has like a mission to solve this that his grandfather was initially involved in, and it's been cast down. That's very precious, but I also can't imagine being any cop who's been handed a basically a cold case. And it's like... Um, you fix it. And also like time is only making this a further and further yeah. like thing that you can solve. And like, I, oh, I and here's a like, photograph. It's basically like a dollhouse we set up cause none of it's real and you can't actually use it for evidence, but here it right. is. Like, I mean, can you, like, I wonder if there are cops out there or detectives who are like, my dream is to solve a cold case. But then there's like, if I were a cop or detective, I'd be like, do not give me one of those. Like, I, there's <laughs> clearly nothing has been able to be done. Oh, I would be me. like, I want to solve all the old puzzles. But I feel I'd like be, I feel like there's always something to be said for, like, getting a fresh look at it or a younger set of that's eyes. That's true. But in know? my I would immediately sense doom or failure and be like, if it hasn't been able to be solved since 1978, then how the fuck am I supposed to I know, to but do I anything? feel like, especially nowadays with, like, the advances in DNA and genetics, I feel like there's so many new angles you can take. Because, I mean, there are cases that are being solved regularly that are, like, being passed down, that are being reopened for various reasons. Um, and I feel like nobody, the good news is nobody expects you to solve it because they haven't been able to do it. So That's it's like, true. There's no pressure. There's I no guess. pressure on you. It's like, well, here you go. If you want it, <laughs> take a look. So yeah, I don't I know. You're right. I, 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 I love that storyline, though, of like the new cop takes a look at an old case that hasn't been solved. I just think That's it's a cool story. Clearly more your dream than mine. Then, <laughs> I know. Because I'm I like, want to be the, the armchair like, story. I want to figure it out. <laughs> I just want to be the stereotype that like, sits there and eats donuts. And like, well, obviously <laughs> that's part of my armchair situation. Don't worry. Uh -huh. I'm I on just my give... fainting couch with an arm, with a fucking armful of donuts. Okay. Also. Perfect. Perfect. Also, well, don't you doubt it. Um, 
so I have a couple more bullets here. The Burger Chef murders. Um, I know I already told you this. They're still unsolved as of right now. Um, I mean, the let's see uh, if this guy, this new guy can take a fresh look and say, like, somebody missed something. Maybe. You never know. It happens. Um, the case still haunts the Speedway, Indiana community. So in the summer of 2018, they raised money to plant four red oak trees in honor of Jane, Daniel, Ruth, and Mark. And those are there to this day, along with a memorial. And uh, that's all I've got for you. Wow. It's, it's sad. Yeah, that's not good. I, I mean, none of, none of the stories you tell are. are <laughs> I know, <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's just another one in the bag. Jeez. Well, good telling it. And also, I appreciate the ability to banter early on with Burger Chef Jeff. Uh, we got a lot of fun info in the beginning. You're right. Like, at I least love a good. We learned. A thing I love a good slogan. I love a good logo. I love a good <laughs> history of a restaurant and its little characters. I'm I, loving. What was the. Can you recite the uh, what I consider the cereal monsters of fast food industry? Oh, my God. There's like absolutely. Count Chocula, Boo Berry, Yummy well, Mummy, Fruit Fruit. it reminds me fruit. of like Hamburglar and all those guys. Like McDonald's clearly was Yeah, like but it's all spooky. So that makes fr- it. Oh, that's true. So to me, I think like Count Chocula's gang Wait, of no, like Boo totally Berry right. and all that. I didn't think about that. They are kind of Halloween-y. So we got the, we got Burger Chef and Jeff. <laughs> well, who could forget? We've got. The magician Burgerini. We've okay. got the vampire Count Fangburger. Count Fangburger. I like him. I do too. We've got the talking ape Burgerilla, which Interesting. Okay. I guess that's more like a uh, a King Kong. Gonna, I was going to go with a King Kong situation. Yeah. 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 And then we've got Cackleburger the Witch, which is my favorite. I, we all know Cackleburger is the favorite. I, I, I do have, I do have a, a personal allegiance to the witches, uh, yeah. but Cackle Witch or whatever her name. Wasn't it Cackle Burger? Cackle Burger. I love her. I love her. That's I'm gonna me. go. F- you love me. I am gonna go find a shirt with Cackle Burger. I'm I going think- to send you this YouTube video and we're gonna watch it together. Um and we're gonna post the picture of Jeff, who's so scary, on our Instagram if you want to check He's it literally out. my de- he's his little eyes have been staring at me for the last 40 <laughs> minutes. So from your desktop yes that's fucking great um well you can check us out at atww podcast that's where you can see m i mean jeff on uh <laughs> on the most recent instagram post <laughs> uh and i guess until then uh catch catch up with us next week and see if christine's had this fucking baby we'll see and that's why we <laughs> drink